Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier Counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News' Adam Fisher. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, Season 3, Episode 7. And as always, I am joined by Adam Fisher of the Naples Daily News. Fisher, how are you this week? What up? I'm bringing that energy because you always yeah, tell me. Yeah, I, I don't bring enough energy. To bring the energy. Yeah, you're the energy guy. That's me. I'm the smart guy. You're the energy guy. All right. I'll take it. Well, we're coming off a of week six that had some pretty big games. I think we should give it their proper due and recap some of those yes, games. Sir. First one shock i'm shocked i'm shocked by naples beating lehigh by a score of what 39 to nothing that's correct hey and i want to start off with the correction and admission that i'm an idiot oh, last week we were talking about this naples lehigh game and talking about how naples doesn't play many lee county teams in the regular season and it doesn't happen that often it happened last year naples played lehigh in the regular season last year and, and i'm dumb i didn't realize that i'd forgot because i didn't cover that game so just want to put that out there if you're listening to the podcast thinking fisher you moron these two teams played last year which naples also won so i want to get that out of the way but yes naples goes up there and uh, what they do is they return the opening kickoff for a score kendrick Raphael. Right. i like that name sophomore kid who's having a great great season and then on Lehigh's second possession, I believe second possession, so only four minutes into the game, linebacker Matt Hamill returns a interception for a touchdown. So all of a sudden, Lehigh is down, I believe, 12 nothing. 12 nothing, yeah. And they just, I, I don't think they're built to come from behind that, that big of a deficit, especially against a really good defense. And even Coach James Shaney, like, it's, it's tough to come back from that, man, especially against Naples, a team you have to play perfectly against. And they were just struggling from there on out. I kind of disagree with you on Lehigh not being built to come from behind. They've got some big play guys. Tavares Dawson is a big play waiting to happen. Richard Young, a big play waiting to happen. I think this is more a testament to Naples' defense. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I was thinking that because this is the first time I've seen uh, Lehigh this year. And as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, this is the team that uh, has all these athletes and is looking great. I mean, their quarterback, Bundy, just could not get any room to get the ball off. And when he did, he got picked off three times in his first five passes. Yeah, Naples' defense, again, really, really good. And that's what we've talked about. You know, the offense on Naples may need some time to get back to Naples' standards. But the defense, even that first week against Palmetto Ridge, looked good. My question for you is, they they hold Lehigh to 43 yards of offense. What Richard Young had minus nine. Yeah yards on what 15 carries or something like that with all the big play capability that lehigh has what did the lehigh defense do because you can't just key on one guy i mean was it just 11 guys running to the, the Naples ball defense yeah, yeah yeah it's it's always that front seven particularly that front four and i think that's where they have a little bit more experience you know with, with some really good defensive linemen and they were just in there every play they're grinding in there Lehigh, you know, their offense was a little bit predictable. It's either hand the ball to Richard Young or Bundy's going to drop back and and throw a deep ball, and it just didn't work, and then you're really stressing. They started the second half with uh, Dawson in at uh, quarterback, Mm -hmm. and and he had a little bit of success, completed some passes, but, I mean, Naples was just dominant. Well, how did the Lehigh defense look? I mean, they're a strong, strong group there. I mean, I I figure Amarion Cooper, I saw some highlights of him, you know, given uh, the receivers on the outside of the business. And Jake Chaney's a pretty good linebacker. They did good at times, but the problem with that Naples offense, you'll see it. They'll grind out. They'll have a, you know, a carry for two yards, carry for three yards, carry for two yards. And then, boom, bust one. uh, They'll break loose on that kind of veer option, which is hard to see where the ball is. 
and you know Dustin McGill will break up the middle for 40 yards or Kendrick Raphael gets around the end for 30 yards so and I should say that Naples did turn the ball over twice in Lehigh territory so it could have been could have been worse they could have put up more points and we had an, another big game. This one I don't think was quite a shock because Dunbar's beaten Fort Myers now four out of the last five years, and they beat him 20-14 to 14 last week in a very good performance by that Dunbar defense who they held Fort Myers, a, you know, a rushing team to 171 rushing yards. And why that's interesting is Carter Lane, the quarterback, had 104 of those rushing wow. yards, and he was running for his life. He had no time back there. He made some things happen. He set up two touchdown drives. He tied the game late but then Davion Palmer who Mr. Fisher you've been talking up all season long answers right back with a slant to Roger Motley and that was all she wrote and they were able to run out the clock after stopping Fort Myers at midfield I I think this speaks very very highly of Dunbar you were at this game is that I was at this game okay I I was impressed just reading it your story and, and seeing how the game unfolded that Fort Myers came back and tied the game with nine minutes I believe and Dunbar stayed poised. They didn't fall apart. They didn't commit mistakes. They didn't shoot themselves in the foot. Like you said, they came back down. Davion Palmer is having a great, great season. Another touchdown pass. Uh, that's what I was most impressed with. And Palmer, he had two great throws in the first half. Dunbar, they weren't punting in this game. Hmm. They, I mean, fourth and ten, they were going for it. And Davion Palmer hit two big fourth down conversions. The first one went to Anthony Benjamin right on the goal line there set up a touchdown early and then he threw to Greg Thomas on a fourth down and probably 13 Thomas turns it into a 46 yard touchdown they've got playmakers all over the place and I didn't even mention Bobby Dennis who's an excellent receiver too so Palmer has plenty of weapons and he's throwing accurate well passes down the field and good, th- good thing that you mentioned that because the past two weeks, Davion Palmer has thrown for 216 yards and 217 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. So, yeah, he's definitely sling- slinging that ball around and getting it to the weapons, which I know has been a problem in the past. And I talked to Sammy Brown after the game, and he said that Dunbar were really trying to get away from the big play type offense, and we're trying to be more methodical. But he said if they're going to give us – these passes we're going to take the top off yeah the, i like that quote <laughs> he, that made he, me lo- smile. he he smiled he smiled after he said it but he's he they're really trying to be a team that can move the chains and stuff like that but are you gonna deny them those easy passes towards the middle of the field down the field take what you can get exactly hey coach's quotes i want to mention i don't know if you read my story but james cheney i thought i had a good one he, after they lost he's like well you know you, you find out about yourself what do you do when you take it on the chin you gotta lay around and roll around and you throw up or are you gonna stand up and fight i was like oh, that's oh, great and they're gonna have to fight in a big rivalry game this week well, battle of the bell against riverdale anything can happen laying around in their throw up yeah probably probably not probably not another game that we thought was a little bit of a shock ida baker Beats South Fort Myers, an up-and-coming South Fort Myers team, 13-7. Chuck Fawcett, he had to to sit three players due to injury and disciplinary action, and and they showed out for him, and I was very, very impressed. They let Nathan Castor, the South Fort Myers running back, run for 189 yards, including a 93-yard touchdown run, but they contain the rest of that team. That Ida Baker defense is pretty impressive. I was impressed with them when they played against North. They played a yep. very good first half against North where they trialed 7 nothing, and the offense failed them and kind of North just wore them down a little bit. But Baker's take, took that next, next step towards you know that mid-level of Lee County. I mean, I think 
now obviously you have to put them in front of South Fort Myers because they beat them, but you know they want to take that next step. I know they have Fort Myers still on the schedule, mm. and they'll be looking towards that game. Yeah, as you said, South, they only score seven points, and that they had to get that on a 93-yard touchdown run, just a big play that um, Castor busted up the middle. I believe it said school record. It said a new school record. Yeah, he, he broke Equan Doris's record that was okay. probably six years old. You covered Equan Doris probably. A little bit. That's back when the Naples Daily News covered South, and South was included in our all area and whatnot. Hey, let me ask you this. What do you make of South Fort Myers? Because they, they're win-loss, win-loss. Their two wins are over Riverdale, who's decent, and Eastleigh County, who is not decent. Yeah, and in their two losses, they've only scored 21 points against two good teams, Fort Myers, Ida Baker. But, you know, is South as good as last year? I think South, they played pretty easy schedule last year. They, they mm. beat the teams that they should have. They did beat Ida Baker last year, but they, they lost to the teams they should have lost to. I love this coaching staff. Willis Mays put together a very, very smart coaching staff that coaches these kids up. Obviously, Caster is a star in the making. And Marco Cardona, the other running back, linebacker, is one of the best football players in Lee County. I'm just a little concerned that when you key on those two guys, Caster and Cardona, and when defenses do that, what else do they have? Right. I, I believe that they had... Was it Adams Jocelyn last year, who was a very good receiver, who was a good secondary option there? I think that they need to work through that the rest of the season. Well, they got Island Coast this week, and Island Coast actually has a better record than South, three and one. Um, but they have not played the toughest. Schedule. Island Coast is three and one for the first yeah. time since 2014. Yeah, I, and that was the last time they had a winning record, I believe. Is that right? Correct. They won like three games or less each of the past. They went to a, they went to a regional final I in 2014. That. When I first came down here, it was about. 2010-11 in that area, they, they were good. Like, But they were like, what, 3A, something like that? Well, they moved up progressively. I mean, Joe Bowen really built that program and then handed it off to Wayne Blair, and then Wayne Blair uh, left them high and dry to head over to South Florida, and then they were never able really to find a consistent coaching voice. I believe they've had four coaches in five years, mm, and Elgin Hicks appears to be it. 3-1 and one is 3-1, and one, Fisher. That's right, that's right. Hey, let's go back down to Collier County. Uh, Gulf Coast got a win against Laley. This was my favorite game of the week. It was a shootout. I, I didn't expect to see this much offense, especially, well, I don't know. Gulf Coast can put up points, but they hadn't in the past few games. And Laley kind of built himself on their defense. Well, the problem for them, this uh, that game, was the defense. Laley had over 500 yards of offense. Quarterback J.J. Derville, four touchdowns. Accounted for 388 yards of offense. Yeah, that's wild. And that may be a and problem. And they lost. They lost. Yeah, that may be a problem. You may need some more uh, weapons. You may need a better rushing game, which we've always talked about with Laley this season. But uh, Carson Vetter, the receiver, senior receiver for Golf Coast, 10 receptions, 176 yards, four touchdowns. Got to be feeling good. And that's from, of course, Connor Barrett, who's just a sophomore, but starting his like 20th game <laughs> at the varsity level. You got to thank the man that got you the ball there. And that, that was Connor Barrett. 234 yards, four TD passes. 19 of, 30, 19 of 26, not bad. That's very impressive. Um, I know last year that was kind of some of the problems. He was younger, a freshman, just the efficiency. There were some turnovers. We're not seeing that as much this year. So Gulf Coast gets a win. Also in Collier County, community school really impressed me. 28-16 to 16 over St. John Newman. We had talked about community school, how they uh, maybe had not played the toughest schedule, but you're playing who's in front of you. But they went to St. John Newman, who despite having some injuries and not being as good as the past couple years, is still a tough team. Damon Jones has a tough program. They were up 21 to nothing at halftime. CSN was. CSN was, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's tough to come back from that. 
However, if there was an offense that I thought was going to do that, it would be led by Mike Joyce. And, mm-hmm. I mean, he would he have two touchdowns, 96 yards? Two rushing. touchdowns, and he recorded the safety that they had on defense as a linebacker. I just I think this is a huge blow to St. John Newman, a team that's had beaten CSN pretty handily the last two years. Yep. And then you come back and you lose this game. I mean, th- that's tough. It is, and community school, we're looking at them. We were hoping for a, a battle of unbeatens. And you had uh, kind of gave me some gruff last week because I picked CSN to lose. You're like, oh, it's going to ruin that battle of unbeatens with Canterbury. Mm. But then Canterbury kind of steps all over themselves, and they lose 52 to nothing to Gateway. Community School, I believe they're at Canterbury. Do you know? Is that right? This coming up week? Yes, they play at Canterbury. And then after that, CSN at First Baptist, the Battle of Livingston. Well, that's the one we have to look forward to. I don't know, Canterbury getting blown out by Gateway Charter. Gateway Charter, from what we've heard, has some pieces. Yeah, I saw them against uh, St. John Newman, and they do have um, some good athletes and almost beat Newman. So anything else uh, you want to mention from Week 6, Adam Regan? I think Baron Collier played a very hard-nosed game against Golden Gate. I think Golden Gate played a hard-nosed game against Baron Collier. I think this was more... I dis- Golden Gate disagree. slowing down Baron Collier's offense until the uh, second half. I'm slowing down. Okay. I mean, when you run that offense, the Golden Gate runs, it's like a wishbone, flexbone right. type style. You're going to limit possessions to Baron Collier. Kudos to them for scoring 20 points in this game. So I say Mark Jackson's team played a hard-nosed game against another hard-nosed opponent in Golden Gate. Yes, I, and I was, imp- I was impressed by the Titans. Benita Springs gets its first winning streak, 2-0 and the past two weeks. They beat Astero. And this was impressive in that... They were down 14 to nothing, and that's such a big hurdle for a young team to uh, be able to come back from that two scores down in the second half and to win in overtime. So kudos to the Bull Sharks and Rich Dombrowski. And Alec Futch, who blocked a, blocked a punt. But this kid's making a name for himself. Love it. Benita Springs. What nicknames does Alec Futch have, do you think? I mean, Alec Futch, if you're out there, let us know what they call you. Futchy, Futch Dog. <laughs> It winner is what you should call it. That's right, two and zero, baby. The past two weeks, so two and two for the Bull Sharks. Anything else you want to discuss from no. week six? I'm I'm looking forward to our chat in the play about the playoffs in the next segment. Yeah, but let me point out before we do. Last week we talked a lot about defense. We have three teams now who have recorded three consecutive shutouts: Naples High School, Palmetto Ridge High School, North Fort Myers have not given up a point in a month. Nice, pretty impressive. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Hey everyone, welcome back into the Inside Southwest Florida football podcast. And right now we're talking playoffs. Now we still have at least three weeks until the playoffs begin, but the FHSAA released the football schedule earlier this year because it is a strange, unique season. Wanted to give everyone enough time to plan, not not just who your opponent is, but logistically. You know, some schools may have different rules in concerning, you know, coronavirus and COVID protocols and just to get everything down packed because there is some traveling involved. So we do have the brackets. We know who everyone is playing. We know the path to a state championship. And I do mean everyone. Every team is in the playoffs this year who opted to be in there. So let's start with Class 6A, Region 4, that of course is the big one. There are 18 teams in there, 13 of them are from Southwest Florida, two others are from Charlotte County who are considered Southwest Florida, and then you have a couple East Coast schools. So Adam Regan, anything pop out when you saw that 6A Region 4 bracket? It's that part of the bracket where North Fort Myers plays Naples. Yep. 
And that's huge, man. I mean, those teams could be undefeated going in there. They're playing in the first round, not even in the uh, quarterfinals, but the the Sweet 16, as it were. And then that bracket right next to it, you've got Fort Myers playing at Baron Carr, which is a little different from the last time those two teams met in the playoffs because both of those games, I believe, were at Edison Stadium. You are correct. Baron Carr's first home football game since 2009, the last time they won a district championship. So what's good about this is, like I said, the three teams – from the East Coast, of course, there's the big one, Miami Central, and poor Mockley. Poor Mockley. They've scored 20 points all season. They're 0-4, and they have to go to Miami Central on November 6th in the play-in, play-in game. I'm guessing that game doesn't even get played. Like, if I'm a Mockley, why why go over there? Uh, it could be dangerous. You know what I'm saying? If, if your team, if you have 30 kids, you're looking at me like I'm dumb. I mean, yeah, That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. What what school are we talking about from Southwest Florida? We're talking about Immokalee. Immokalee, yes, but this is not that's, Immokalee. <laughs> that's that's an area of this of Collier County that loves to compete. They mm-hmm. love their football. You think that they're going to forfeit a game? I don't care who they're playing. I don't care if they're playing St. Thomas Aquinas. I don't care who they're. I don't care if they're playing the New England Patriots. They're going to show up and play. Well, you're that, that's you're probably ridi- not. You're, you're ridiculous. That's probably not wise or legal to schedule a game against the New England Patriots. You're ridiculous. I don't think that's allowed. My point stands. You're ridiculous. We could go on about this. I have some more thoughts, but I don't want to get too long. I do want to say I want to look at the top half of that bracket, and here are the teams who benefit: South Fort Myers, Dunbar, Palmetto Ridge, East Lee, Island Coast, Golden Gate, because they avoid Central until the uh, regional finals. Should they get there? South Fort Myers got a bye. They'll play the winner of Island Coast, Golden Gate. Those two teams have to play in a play-in game. And one of the other East Coast schools, Bell and Jesuit, Dunbar has to play them in the uh, play-in game. Now, if Dun- Dunbar can get past Bell and Jesuit, who's not as strong as they have been in years past, they'd get the winner of South and the Island Coast Golden Gate team in the uh, next round. And then you could see a Palmetto Ridge, Dunbar, regional uh, semifinal. That'd be pretty fun. Fisher, you love to advance these teams. Just make your predictions and say, this is what we could see. Well, I was going to tell you. And that ticks off everybody when you oh, do yeah. that i got in a lot of trouble uh you do last you year so much trouble <laughs> when uh, naples drew south and i said oh naples avoid central and then willis may was not happy that i was already putting naples ahead yeah, um you look I, too you look way too far i was ahead. actually going to suggest too that we just predict the bracket but we'll save that for uh, uh, i'm not doing that. november 13th um, i will predict that Immokalee will play at traspal stadium on november 6th against Miami Central. And let it be known, that's, that'll be just Miami Central's third game of the season. They haven't played yet. They don't play till October 23rd, so they'll be rested, but they might be rusty. So Miami Central, you're on upset alert. Palmetto Ridge, Port Charlotte in the first round, that's another big one I'm looking forward to. Anything else uh, stand out that, that you're looking forward to? I mean, Naples North, let's talk about that. That's that, uh, that, that's a heavyweight it's battle. A re- it's a rematch of a regional final from 2018 where North went down and uh, – got beat by Naples. I mean, got beat pretty good. Um, I know that there was a lot of animosity over that game, but in talking to Dwayne back from North Fort Myers, he respects the heck out of the Naples coaching staff. I mean, he's, he talks to Bill Kramer regularly. Uh, Rick Martin is one of his guys. I mean, like, I mean, they love each other. So there's no bad blood between those programs, regardless of what may have happened a couple of years ago. But I know that Dwayne Mack wants to play the best and if he's going to advance, why not do it with a win over Naples? 
And then uh, that is at Naples, and the winner of that game plays the winner of Fort Myers Baron Collier. So either whoever wins either one of those games, it's going to be a fun matchup in the second round there. Indeed. So let's talk 7A, which is the biggest class of our local teams. We only have three teams in it, but you got a team that has a you know state playoff aspirations in Lehigh. They have to go on the road in the first round, and then if they win that game. They have to play St. Thomas Aquinas, which is what we talked about last week or two weeks ago when the uh, regional pairings or the regional groupings came out that they could see St. Thomas Aquinas in the second round, and that's what it looks like. I know Sarasota hasn't been great this season, but still you got to take a road trip up there and play them. I don't say that's a given for Lehigh, but I mean, hopefully the kids are not looking for, uh, looking ahead to that matchup with St. Thomas Aquinas and getting all hyped up for that because you got to beat Sarasota first. Riverdale gets a, a bye in the first round, and then Golf well Coast. Well earned by Riverdale. That's right. Golf Coast gets a home game against Homestead. If they win, they get another home game. So we could see two two home playoff games at Golf Coast, and I don't know. They, they have hosted a game. They won a district championship a few years back. Caden Frost. That's right. That's right. So let's go down to 5A. So in this 5A Region 4, we have a handful of teams. We've got Cypress Lake, LaBelle, Estero, Cape Coral, and am I missing anyone? Mariner. And Mariner, that, yes, let's talk about uh, Mariner. Very, very Poor long road Mariner. trip. These, these regions, the FHSAA did their best to keep them all, them all geographically grouped. Some teams are going to Sarasota, some shoot over to Fort Lauderdale or something. No. Some are going to Melbourne. <laughs> Mariner's taking a three-hour bus ride up to Melbourne. They're going to play Palm Bay. Play Palm Bay. That stinks for them. Cypress Lake is on the road. They go to Booker, Sarasota Booker. LaBelle is also on the road at Hardy, and the winner of those two games play each other, and you were saying you kind of like uh, the path for the, for the Panthers. I like the path. I'm not saying – I'm not advancing them to the regional no, semifinals go ahead. Just already. It's, I'm it's just fun. saying I think that they are the best team out of that pot of teams, Booker, LaBelle, and Hardy, but I would love to see a Cypress Lake-LaBelle matchup because it would be definitely – Two different styles of offense. You got that high-flying Cypress Lake offense, and then you have LaBelle who likes to pound it down your throat yep. with that big offensive line. And Jalen Gallegos, who leads the News Press Naples Daily News area in rushing, 720 yards, yes, I believe. Yes, sir. But they've also played six games. I will make a point. This this region illustrates what drove coaches mad about this playoff draw, that it was a blind draw, No, which, you know, the FHSAA can't really rank teams because they play different schedules, and some teams can't go outside their area to play tougher teams. So everyone gets in, blind draw. Astero versus Cape Coral play in the play-in game. That means one of those teams is going to advance to the regional quarterfinals. And what do they win? What do you mean, what do they win? What prizes do they win for? I mean, wh- They win they- a playoff game. One oh, of these two teams has got to win a playoff well, game. And a trip to where? Well, it, they would get the winner of DeSoto Rockledge. I think I told you earlier. Rockledge is very good. Yes. But my point is, Astero and Cape Coral are winless. They have not won a game combined between them this year, and one of them will be in the regional quarterfinals. Will win a play- uh, do, do the playing games count as playoff wins? I uh, think they do. If I'm an athletic director, I count it. I put that on my uh, record well, if book. I'm, and- if I'm a, a coach, yeah. I definitely put on that resume playoff win. Especially- no one's, no one's going to remember in five years that there was a blind draw that everybody got into the playoffs. Especially a team like Cypress Lake, who has never won a playoff game. Am I correct? Yeah, that seems to be correct. Let's move on to Class 3A, where really the team that we're talking about here is Bishop Verreau. Um Bishop Verreau has made back-to-back regional final appearances. They want to take that next step towards a state semifinal, state final, and they draw Tampa Berkeley Prep, who you know is kind of like a rival of theirs in other sports. 
and they will play in the regional quarterfinals. And then I think another interesting one, and I think it was a little bit of bad luck for the Bull Sharks down at Bonita Springs, they have to go to Lakeland Christian, who made a state semifinal last year, searching for their first playoff win. The Bull Sharks are, I'm not sure they're going to get that. Well, and it's unfortunate, too. When the brackets first came out, it looked like Bonita Springs got a home game because reading the brackets is very difficult this year. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But turns out that's not the case. That would have been cool to celebrate, you know, your first playoff game, even though, you know, you're going to be a big underdog. Would have been neat to have it at the Lee Health field there where I think every game they played this year has been Every at. game should be at Lee Health <laughs> Stadium. So unfortunate for them. And Rich Dombrowski, again, was not happy about the blind draw. He thought, you know, they are in the play-in rounds. Like, if it's going to be a true play-in, let's take the lesser teams, the teams, you know, that are the bottom four or whatever, and have them play in. Berkeley, Prep, and Vero is in the quarterfinals. So if Vero can win, they're going to move on and play the winner of Frostproof, it looks like. But, no, Vero has title aspirations. they got to take a long road trip. They're, Berkeley Prep is 2-1 and one right now. Vero's coach, John Mooring, said, hey, we love it. We've played better on the road than we have at home so far. And so he's, he's excited about well, it. There's been a big difference here. Uh, at Vero, that student section that sits in that end zone uh, is yes. super loud. They haven't been able to go to games this year, and that is a huge, huge advantage because, I mean, I've been yelled at from student by students in that end zone. They don't like anyone that's not wearing a Vero <laughs> shirt. So, I mean, that's a huge, huge disadvantage not to have those students at the games. Well, if Vero can win, if they can beat Berkeley Prep on the road, they will host in the second round, which would be the regional semifinals. So, Keep it at that. Two-way, real quick, let's go through. That's all our small schools, our private schools. First Baptist gets into the second round via a bye. However, they will likely have to play Champion Not Catholic in that second round. Champion Not Catholic, state champion last year, state champion three years ago. So tough draw for a First Baptist team that really wanted to make a deep playoff run. That's like That to me should be a regional final game. Yes, absolutely. It's. I mean, I get, I understand that the blind draw needed to happen, but man, that is tough for First Baptist to get Champagnat Catholic. I mean, you're going to have to beat them anyway, so no, why, why not beat them right off the bat? Community School, the team we've talked about, the only 6-0 and team in all of Southwest Florida. They are on the road, however, they at Southwest Florida Christian, a team they've already beaten this year. Dangerous a- game, though. It is. It's, it's a game that was close at times. CSN won comfortably, but SFCA, man, they whip it around. Like, Eli Moore, like, just throws and throws and throws and throws and throws. It's it, it's crazy. I mean, he's, he's only a freshman. Yes, that's right. So, if CSN can win, they're at home. They will have to play, likely, a Miami Christian team in the second round, if they can win, who is a tough team from the Miami area, of course, but it would be at CSN, so good for them. New stadium. That's right. It would be a great have a playoff game at the new stadium. And then let's mention St. John Newman, who has won a couple playoff games the past few years. They are hosting Moorhaven. And Moorhaven struggled this year, not only with their team, but with the uh, coronavirus. They've had to lose a few games. But I will say, better to play that game in Naples than at Moorhaven. Oh, yeah, most definitely. They're, they're very excited about that. So that'll do it. If you want more about the playoffs, head to uh, naplesnews.com slash sports or news-press.com slash sports for our uh, full breakdown from last week when we come back we are going to break down some of these big games this week and pick some winners after the games each week go to naplesnews.com news-press.com or our apps on your mobile device for photos videos and analysis from games throughout southwest florida 
Hey everyone, it's your favorite segment. It's the picks, and let's first break down what happened last week. Last week was so exciting. Adam Regan and I picked differently on five of the ten games. I predicted I would go 10-0. I, of course, did not. On those five games we split, I won three of them. Regan won two. Regan correctly picked CSN over Newman and Naples over Lehigh. And Adam Fisher, that's me, correctly predicted LaBelle over SFCA, Dunbar over Fort Myers, and Gulf Coast over Laley. Adam Regan went 6-4. and four. Adam Fisher went 7-3 and three last week, meaning I made up one game. Adam Regan is 41-11 and 11 on the season. Adam Fisher is 40-12, and 12, giving Adam Joseph Regan. Have I used that middle name yet? You've this tried season? that All right, one. Adam Alexander Regan is one game up. And here's a little stat for you, Regan. The first two weeks of picking, I'm sorry, the first four weeks, you were 28-4. and four. You were on fire. And the past two weeks, you are 13-7. and seven? I don't know about that. How do you feel about very that? Very mediocre. I feel very lucky that I'm still up a game. I've weathered the storm. I'm ready to go. Well, we got some tough ones this week, some fun ones. Let's break them down a little bit, starting with the Battle of Unbeatens. Big game, North Fort Myers at Dunbar. You have seen both these teams. I've seen neither of them. So why don't you go ahead and tell me what, uh, what to expect? Well, North Fort Myers is a team that's going to wear you down with their rushing offense. They're going to pound you, pound you, pound you until you submit. But Dunbar, I don't think, is a team that will submit. They've got plenty of athletes on the team. I mean, plenty of endurance there. I think they can hang with them. This is probably one of the tougher games of the weeks, and I feel like you're going to pick opposite of me on this one. I'm going to take North Fort Myers in a close one at Joe North Law Firm Stadium. I may live to regret that one. No, I, I was leaning towards North Fort Myers uh, just because I think their defense is a little bit better, although they haven't played maybe as, as tough of opponents. North Fort Myers is uh, one of those teams I mentioned a few segments ago that has recorded three straight shutouts, has not given up a point in a month. But Dunbar, man, they're whipping that ball around really well. Davion Palmer, you know I like him. And so, yeah, yeah, I'll take Dunbar. Let's go with that. I think that this could possibly be a game where you know Dunbar might still be celebrating that city rivalry win over Fort mm. Myers and North Fort Myers. They don't celebrate anything. Right. Uh, they just walk off the field. They don't celebrate. They don't do anything. That's good. Be about your because, business. Yeah, they are, they are about their business. So I'm going to take North Fort Myers in this one, but this is going to be a classic. It's going to be very, very close. All right, another good game. A team looking for revenge, not just from last year, but from last week. Fort Myers lost last week. Last year they lost to Cypress Lake. This year it is at Edison Field. Fort Myers hosting Cypress Lake. What do you think? I know your rule. Don't ask me. I know your rule. <laughs> Don't pick against the Greenies at Edison Field. Or Edison, Edison Stadium. St- Edison Stadium. Oh, man. Thomas Edison will be so disappointed <laughs> right now. They lost last year's game to Cypress Lake by this much inches mm-hmm. they, they they were stopped on the goal line celebration ensued it was the first time in over a decade they had beaten fort myers and cypress lake they lost some pieces they lost cj shed the news press offensive player of the year from last year replaced him with jd sherrod who has a promising career i don't know where to go this with this one fisher so i'm going to give it to you give me a second to think about it sure i don't know hey shouts to jd sherrod i found out he's a fellow naptown fellow that's uh, Indianapolis for the uneducated. Although he's from the west side of town, I'm from the east side. His mother is the volleyball coach at Cypress Lake High. Oh, yeah? Well, yep. well good for her. That, that That's amazing. I'm taking Fort Myers at home. I just think they're a little bit more talented. And, again, they're at home. They're smarting off that loss last year and last week. I can't go against the Greenies. 
I'm still a little bit concerned about Fort Myers. They lost a lot of pieces so you're off you're taking that. Cypress Lake. All right, I'm writing it down. <laughs> I am not done yet. I'm not done talking. <laughs> I'm a little concerned about the offensive line at Fort Myers. They replaced a lot of pieces from last year. I mean, I watched Zamari Harvin carry 15 times for just 57 yards against Dunbar. That might have been a testament to Dunbar, but he's got to get going if they want to start you know, getting hot. But I do think it happens. I do think they beat Cypress Lake. I think this is a season-changing win for the Green Wave. I think that they will be strong the rest of the way. Excellent. Hey, another uh, battle rivalry game down in Collier. The battle for the gate. Golden Gate at Palmetto Ridge battling for supremacy of that eastern part of the county, the Golden Gate Estates area. Palmetto Ridge has not allowed a point all season. Golden Gate has struggled to score at times. Only 18 points their past two games. I'm going to go ahead and pick. I mean, I think we're on the same page on this. I mean, Palmetto Ridge, no one can score on them right now. You mentioned earlier, Immokalee playing New England. If Kansas City came down to Palmetto Ridge, they wouldn't score any points. Patrick Mahomes could not score on this Bears defense. I said it. I think it's one of those things where the offense just starts to pile on points, and that just strengthens the defense so much. They pin their ears back. They want to go right at you. And I think that's going to happen in this game, whether Golden Gate's running the spread or whether they're running the wishbone. It's not going to matter. Palmetto Ridge wins this one big. Agreed. Let's stay in Collier County. A rivalry game, even though can you call it a rivalry when a team hasn't won in two decades? We do this every single season. Three seasons of the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, and we talk about whether this is actually a rivalry game. Baron Collier at Naples. It's a rivalry for Baron Collier, I'll tell you that, because they would love to beat Naples for the first time since 1998. What's interesting, a little bit of a symmetry here. The last time Baron Collier beat Naples, Naples had a first-year head coach, Bill Kramer, in 1998. What do they have this year? A first-year head coach in Rick Martin. And, man, I'm telling you, Baron Collier is just primed. I, I think uh, they're ready to go. They're ready to get this. And So you are really taking good. Baron Collier yep. in this game. I'm taking Baron Collier to lose. I think Naples uh, will win. <laughs> I'm going to take Naples in this one, too. It just, you know, proved me wrong. Mark well, Jackson and the Cougars. I like I like Barron's offense, but it has struggled at times. And if you're struggling against Golden Gate, like Naples' defense is just ridiculous. What was once a battle of unbeatens, it's a inter-county throwdown, if you will. Community school at Canterbury. Canterbury, ooh, man, they uh, they took it on the chin last week. Very surprising, 52 to nothing loss. Fisher, is that the one where the coaches just they take the film? I don't think you can burn film anymore because it's all digital. <laughs> yeah, you just, but I, it. just toss the, the laptop out the window <laughs> and don't even show that film because, I mean, is it really even worth it? Are you really learning anything from a 15-2-0 drubbing? Possibly not, but let's talk about Canterbury's defense. I mean, the week before that, they gave up, what, 52 or 42 points, I believe? and 40. Or 41. Two? Yeah, it was, I think it was, it was the a 40. 40s, a one-point win. Yeah. And community school, man, they've, they've been putting up points. That rushing attack is, is something else. I really like Dominic Camarca, the running back for Canterbury. Barry White, another favorite here on the Southwest, inside Southwest Florida. Exactly, yeah. He's another favorite on this podcast. Um, That being said, CSN will stay undefeated. 7-0. Can you imagine? If they can win. You know I like advancing teams. Let's try and get some differences here. Let's see if we can pick some some different. Oh, I got a good one. Bonita Springs at Baker. Wouldn't have thought this would be too tough a few weeks ago, even at the beginning of the season. But Baker just... Looked fierce on defense against South Fort Myers. Bonita Springs showed a lot of poise, a lot of heart coming back in the Jaws versus Claws rivalry. Can Bonita Springs make it three in a row and have a winning record for the first time in school history? Winning varsity record. So, Rich Dombrowski, he likes to throw the ball around a little bit, right? Yeah. I really like Ida Baker's secondary. Uh, Daniel Newson, Nunu Jones, another hot prospect that we're going to be hearing about in years to come. 
they impressed me in that first half against North, and then obviously this whole the whole defense shut down South. I'm gonna go with Ida Baker in this one. Yeah, I mean holding South Fort Myers to seven points that's dang impressive. And uh, Bonita Springs is not as talented as South Fort Myers, so I also will take Baker. How about the uh, the Bell game, the Battle of the Bell? Is that right? Am I saying that correctly? <laughs> It's the Battle of the Bell, but we at the uh, office love to call it the I'm going to ring your bell game, special game every single year. There's no joy like being able to ring that victory bell. At Riverdale the end of the game. and Lehigh, we should say. I don't think I mentioned the teams, but yes. Everybody knew what we were talking about. Though, Everybody. For sure. yeah. Everybody knew. Over the last decade, the teams have split the games 5 and 5. Last year, Lehigh won 21 to 6. I don't think Riverdale has the horses this year to keep up with Lehigh, but this game always has the possibility of making you look like a fool when you make a prediction. It's always pretty close, but I'm going to take the lightning in this one. I mean, we talk all the time how physical Riverdale is. Always got some big boys up front, and if they can do that on defense and kind of slow down that Lehigh offense, but I just don't think Riverdale has enough firepower to, to score much on that Lehigh defense. And Lehigh, they have to be better than what I saw last week. So yeah, They are. They will be. Again, Lehigh, I'm taking them as well. Another Collier County game. Immokalee at Laley, uh, two teams coming off losses in Immokalee, man. It, it's been a tough year for first-year head coach Johnny Smith. They lost some weapons to graduation. They lost some weapons to other reasons. We, we haven't really got a lot of information coming out of Immokalee recently as to, you know, Raheem Toombs, their running back, Frank Pierre, their receiver who weren't with the team the week before. They're just – they got a smaller roster, and it's, it's tough out there. And Laley, we saw that they can score some points last week for the first time. With J.J. Uh, Durville just going bananas. The, I think he'll do it again. The J.J. Durville-Sergio Morency tandem is probably one of the best in southwest Florida. Laley wins this one very, very big. So that gives us two games. Northport at Bishop Vero. Any reason to think Northport can uh, can make this close? No. Okay, good answer. I agree. So I assume you're taking the Vikings. I am. All right. Island Coast at South Fort Myers. We touched on it in the first segment. Island Coast, 3-1. and one, South Fort Myers coming off a loss. Will this one be close, Adam Regan? What team is going to show up at South Fort Myers? Yeah. I mean, I think this is going to be a South Fort Myers team that shows up in a big way coming off that loss to Baker. They own a 6-1 and one advantage against South all-time. Elgin Hicks, I mean, he has the team 3-1 and one for the first time since 2014. I'm looking for South to be able to throw the, put the ball up in the air a little bit. I think having Caster and Cardona in the backfield there really opens up one-on-one coverage on the outside. It's going to be on quarterbacks Raheem Gibson and Duncan Smith to really get the ball downfield in those intermediate routes and you know really test Island Coast's secondary down the field. So I think they're going to do it. Wolfpack. That is the most in-depth breakdown I think you've ever given of a game. Have you been like watching film on Island Coast and South Fort Myers? I think it's a really intriguing game. That, that's great. Hey, props to Island Coast for going three and one after your struggles the past few years, but you have not played the best opponents, I believe. If I'm looking at it right, all three wins are against teams that do not have a win themselves. South, very talented. I will take the Wolfpack. And Adam uh, M- uh, Matthew Regan. Hmm, it's still wrong. This is this is disappointing. We've only differed on one game this week, North Fort Myers at Dunbar. All the other games we picked the same. Adam Regan took North Fort Myers. I took Dunbar, so that'll be the game that decides if Adam Regan is up two games or Adam Fisher has tied the score. 
So that'll be it. Come back, stay with us. You know, we got all the live coverage. And hey, let's say it's playoff season. We got golf playoffs this week. We got volleyball playoffs this week. Stay tuned to NaplesNews.com and News-Press.com for all the uh, high school coverage. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download to get you ready for the coming week's games.